Hey, cool cats. This is Tracy Sue, and you are listening to What Would Tracy Sue Do? Where we're asking better questions about things that matter. I have obviously gone off the grid for a number of weeks, and this is so that I could listen deeply to my own voice, my own soul's voice, as I call it, which is this deeper part of you. And it's, it speaks in stillness and you have to get very quiet because often it's called the still small voice. This voice is a much higher part of you than whatever is acting, reacting, or interacting on the earth plane, living your, living your normal life, interacting with your normal people, doing your normal schedule, working your normal job. You have to get very quiet to hear this voice. And often things interfere with this voice, including other people's pull on you, your responsibilities, what anyone around you thinks you should be doing. I call this voice, the other voices, the ego, and it's anything outside of your inner voice, your personality, for instance, your beliefs that come from everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. So I have come out of this phase, or I should say I'm coming out of this phase with far more clarity and far more energy, far more optimism, far more courage, and far more creativity. I have spent the last several years, honestly, in... um this huge transition, this enormous initiation where I ask like the really big questions. What am I doing here? What is the point of this? And I swear to God, I could not have a fucking conversation with anyone about this because it seemed like I was going through it alone. Or I was the only one going through it, I suppose, because of course I was going through it alone. I have since discovered that a lot of healers, uh, consciousness speakers, people who are doing the energy work and they're doing it in a, a leadership role, a public forum, have also been going through this. And we've just been doing it quietly by ourselves as we move through the molasses of pain and confusion and resistance and a anxiety, a apathy, a um, malaise, if you will. I would say that's the most accurate way I could put it, a malaise. Um, I recently listened to Danielle Laporte. She had a brief podcast a few weeks ago and she, she's been through this same thing and she called it a living death, a living death. And I would say that is the most accurate, um, way that I would put it. And in this living death, it's such a huge transition that it's a transition with how you are going to live. How are you going to live? 
And if you don't listen, if you don't get quiet, your body will shut you up and get you quiet. You will develop physical symptoms. Um, Epstein-Barr is sweeping the spiritual community. And oh my gosh, I honestly, people, was sleeping 18 hours a day. Sometimes when my kids would leave, I would sleep for nearly 24 hours. I was that exhausted. My body just could not function. My brain could not function. My whole creative being was just soaked in malaise. And I know that I am not the only one who's been going to this through this. So if you are listening and you have been through the malaise, I am going to encourage you to be bold and brave and go in to the dark places. Because while the whole law of attraction spiritual community wants you to believe that the cult of positivity is going to get you what you want, if you just push those feelings away, they're wrong. And I mean boldly, blatantly, dangerously wrong. So very wrong. You have to go into the shadow. You have to go into the places that you are afraid of. And you have to do it with as much courage as you can muster in order to get to the other side. You will not get to the other side if you turn your head. You will not get to the other side if you resist. You will not get to the other side because you repeated a whole bunch of mantras about being happy. You definitely won't get to the other side if you think you have complete control of your own life and the universe. Because this is surrender. And this has been explained by masters of spiritual consciousness for eons and eons. It's explained when Jesus says, thy will be done. It is explained uh, when Buddha says, uh, detach, right? Detach from this, this reality, because you can't change it. The only way to find peace is to listen to the still small voice. This is not a new concept. It's a very old concept that pop law of attraction um, has misled us by, right? It has misled us by. Now, I believe in law of attraction. Boy, do I ever because, oh my gosh, I have attracted and some of this has been phenomenal. Some of this, a lot of this has been unintended consequence. And a lot of it was something that I thought I wanted, and then when I got it, it was empty. Now, I am here to tell you that in my existential crisis, coming out on the other side of malaise, after asking the question, what the fuck is the point of this, this living, this planet, why are we fucking here? Why am I here? Like, what is the point of me being here? If this is just going to be trauma after trauma and chronic anxiety and a struggle just to fucking live and pay the bills, why would I stay here? And I believe this is actually why religion made it a uh, cardinal sin to commit suicide. Because if you are 
like experiencing a certain form of sanity where you see the futility of the whole fucking thing and you believe in an eternal soul that you are, why the fuck would you volunteer for the kind of pain and desperation and struggle that this planet can deliver in one form or another? I have come out the other side of this. I'm still in an evaluation stage. I'm still in a processing and learning stage. But the way that I feel now is phenomenally different than the way I was feeling when this started like three years ago. Let's see. I think it would be 2016, 2017. That's a long time to sit in that question. But the more I learn about what other people are going through between other people's life cycles and how they experience that, it's really not a terribly long time. It's a long fucking time when you're in it and it's scary and it's painful and there's so much anxiety. But the question for me of what the fuck am I doing here has stuck with me through the whole thing. And I had to simplify it down to the smallest kernel. I had to change my entire purpose for living on this planet to something so much more fundamentally simple and to something so much more gratifying and effortless than I was doing. Because I'm here to tell you people that law of attraction has evolved, right? We had this, we had this period where, you know, just manifest it by writing yourself intentions and letters and mantras and repeating things over and over and getting very specific about what we wanted. And I had a feeling that this actually was an incredibly important stage of development. I always say, if you want to learn about law of attraction, begin attracting objects because you have something physical, you have something tangible, you have something you can touch and see and feel, right? An experience maybe, like maybe a trip or, I mean, my couch, <laughs> my couch set, which we're finally replacing after 12 fucking years. Uh, and my car, every time I get in my car, my van, I think I attracted this and it's such an important, my boots, I love to attract objects because it's very easily done. You can be very specific. You can get exactly what you asked for. It doesn't take a whole lot of energy. Like right now I don't put objects on my dream board ever. I have a bulletin board where we put objects, um, and short term experiences because it will come so quickly, what we're asking for will come so quickly when we do an object that I can't waste the dream board space on it. So I believe, and I have taught for the last 10 years, I have taught how to do law of attraction in a specific way of manifesting. And it works I promise you it works. And I have a whole bunch of courses on it that are so valuable because it does work. And it gives you a foundation 
for how it works and how to draw a parallel line or a linear line from your intention to the result, from your intention to the result. And I believe that if you are starting law of attraction, this is where you need to start with the foundation, with the experiment, if you will. But I have recently channeled and been shown next level law of attraction. It's so much easier. It's so much more fulfilling. It eliminates unintended consequences, which when you do law of attraction in the other form, there are some serious unintended consequences and you have to really pay attention to meaning, connotation, definitions. You have to really be careful about what you ask for. When they say, be careful what you wish for, that is a true statement. You really need to be careful what you wish for because in the old way of law of attraction, the foundational way, there are many unintended consequences. And some of those are pretty fucked. Like some of those are really hard lessons to learn. Some of those are things that you did not want in your life. You thought you were going to get something. You got something that was different. You didn't intend to get that, but you used the wrong language or chose the wrong photo or did the wrong mantra or wanted the wrong thing. See, that's a critical piece that people do not get down to. Most people that I have worked with in terms of clients, personal relationships, myself, we don't even take the time to really, really get down to a soul level, an eternal level to discover what we really want. So then when we get it, it's either a disaster or it's empty. It has no juice. It has no energy. We realize, why did I want this? Like this did not produce the emotional state or the benefit that I thought it was going to produce in me. So this next level law of attraction is so much more efficient. It gets down to what you really, truly want so that you are not chronically disappointed, that you're not left with this empty feeling that results in malaise right? You get it. And then you're like, why did I want this? What is the point of this? Now I have this malaise, this apathy, this uh, crisis of faith, if you will. So I'll get back to that. I have totally shifted my purpose in, well, in this initiation. I have shifted my purpose and I'm also shifting the way that I do my business, the way that I share my energy with the world, the way that I express, the way that I create. I do want to mention a few things that really helped me to get where I'm going with my business because there is a truly fundamental piece of myself that is here to express. My brain, my soul makes connections that other people cannot see. Connections between the micro and the macro, right? So big picture, seeing like a cultural, sociological, economic trend, a collective consciousness, if you will, and then being able to make that connection to a person's individual choices, 
at being able to draw a linear direct line for motivation, which gives so much clarity and understanding and peace to the people that have access to my energy. I have realized that I make energy and it is a very special energy. It is very powerful energy. This energy has the power to change someone's life with a conversation. I have so many people who have one conversation with me and it changes the entire way that they think. It gives them a completely new perspective, which changes their choices because I can see things. I can see what people are doing to themselves and where they're going wrong. And I can see it nearly instantly. I thought everyone could do this. There's like an empath ability that I have where I can see it instantly. I hear the person's soul instead of what the person is saying out their mouth. I make an instant connection soul to soul. And then because the other person typically is not fucking listening to their own soul or to any higher consciousness, and they're just reacting in these terribly destructive, panicked, crisis, drama ways, their soul reaches out to me. And generally, their soul has actually sought someone out who will listen to them and who will communicate their message to the person they reside in, to this human that they reside in, the soul resides in. And there's an instant channel between soul to soul. And I am able to do this so quickly that it just feels so natural to me. And it has only recently come to my attention. I mean, I knew I was doing this. I could see the effects. But I literally thought that everyone else could do it. I didn't understand that this was peculiar to me, that it was a spiritual gift given to me that helped other people in such a fundamental way that it changed their life frequently. And sometimes I would see this person one time and it would change how they thought about their own life, what their motivations were, what they were going to spend their time doing. And sometimes this has led to deeper long-term relationships in which I'm the only fucking person listening to their soul and I am making this energy that they become dependent on and take for granted. And I have been feeding them enormous amounts of energy. Here's what you need to understand about this energy. It is hard to make. It is really hard to make. It takes enormous amounts of efforts to make this energy that I have, this gift that I have. It takes enormous amount of energy for me to channel someone's soul back to them. It takes enormous amount of energy for me to even keep myself energized enough to fill my cup in order to be able to offer it to someone. And I have called this dynamic 
if you will, this me making a shit ton of energy and spoon feeding someone else what they need to hear from their higher consciousness and their soul, spoon feeding it to them until I am drained, until I have nothing left for my own soul, until I have nothing left to give me energy, to spend time on my business, to deal with my own relationship stuff, to deal with my own higher consciousness. Their soul becomes so fucking loud that it drowns out my soul. And this happens the more desperate they get, the less I can hear my soul. The more desperate they get and the more dependent they get on my energy, the less energy I have to do my own life. I end up carrying their vision instead of my own vision. Now, where I've gone wrong with this through my whole entire life is that I had a belief that everyone else was also making this energy and there would be reciprocity in this. Because, see, I called this friendship. And in friendship or, you know, marriage or dating relationships, in those relationships, there is reciprocity. If there is not reciprocity, something's fucking wrong. Like something seriously wrong with the relationship in which reciprocity does not occur. And I'm a caretaker. So I often don't ask for reciprocity. I push through. I make, I just think, oh, well, I'll just make more energy. I'll just make more money. I'll just, you know, like, like this is a endless resource that I can make. And that energy will flow back to me from these people. These people that I've been in relationship with, these people whom I dearly love because I see a person's soul. I don't pay that much enough. I don't pay enough attention to how they're behaving, what they're doing, what their, you know, personal intentions are, what their deceits are, what their usury is, what their taking is. I assume that when it comes a time that I will need this energy, that they will then return it. It has only come to my, my, my being in clarity that people don't typically make this energy. So reciprocity isn't on the table. It's not even something they're capable of. Now, I know I am not the only person on the planet who makes this energy. I know there are other spiritually gifted people who make this energy, but my intention has been to help people through my entire life. I'm in my mid forties through my entire life. That has been my intention to help other people. And through manifestation and law of attraction, you do not attract other people who want to help people. You do not attract people who also make what you make and can afford to deliver this energy to you when you need it. Here's who you have in your life. You have helpless people, people who need help, people who need this energy, people who need you to translate what their soul is saying because they're not fucking listening. 
because they're incapable of being able to perform these tasks for whatever reason, for whatever their personal circumstances are, for whatever their spiritual habits are, for whatever consciousness they have access to, for whatever reason, they are the people in need. Because what I need to fulfill my soul's purpose of helping people, my declared intention of helping people, the only way that I can fulfill that is by having needy people in my life. People who need the help that I have to offer. The thing is, though, when you continue to feed other people this energy that takes an extreme amount of time and focus and energy and channeling the divine and being open you wear yourself down. You end up not making enough for both the person who's in need and yourself. And because you have this intention of helping other people, not yourself, mind you, what energy you do have goes to the other person. And when this came to its climax is when my malaise showed up, when my, oh my goodness, I mean, just the being sucked dry is hard to explain. Like the amount of being sucked dry is difficult to explain. But here's the thing. I didn't want to let go. I didn't want to let go of my purpose. I didn't want to let go of my relationships. Certainly not. Now, a few years ago, I reached a spiritual peak that was like touching God. I channeled a book. An entire book I channeled in less than 48 hours. It was a nine to five, 48 hour jam, 30,000 words. And it was good. And it had all of this information about how to get in contact with your soul. And this experience, I can't even describe to you what it feels like to channel the divine through you without it going through your human consciousness, your limited human consciousness. Just having my fingers type as fast as they could type as God and my soul just delivered exactly what this book needed to say. And this experience produced such a fast high, oh my God, so high vibration for me that it scared me. And I had this very clear knowledge that if I stayed that high, I would lose everyone in my life because no one I knew was vibrating up there. I looked around and I thought, oh my God, I'm alone. I don't know anyone who's up here. Now, of course, there are other people on the planet who are up there, but they were not in my life. I was no longer resonant with the people in my life. Our vibrations no longer matched because I had had this experience of the divine that changed everything. And you know what I did? I shut it down. 
I shut it down as fast as I could. I had been on a drinking fast for two and a half years and I got up there and I was so scared and I just had this incredible clarity that this would change every relationship in my life, that I would lose people, that I would have no one who was up there so I'd be alone. And I had a beer within, I don't know, five hours. And I kept my soul tamped down as far as I could in order to maintain these relationships that I loved these people. I didn't want to leave them. You know how that feels. You know how it feels when it's time to move on and you don't want to move on. You know how it feels when you've had some sort of profound experience that has changed you. And you want to resist that change because, hey, your life is pretty decent, man. My life was pretty decent. My life was going well. I had a great business. I had just, you know, written this amazing creative book. I had put out another book. I was doing like all this awesome shit and I had relationships that I was really enjoying. And bam. And I tapped that down in order to maintain my pretty decent life. Like I had a pretty decent life. I was not miserable. I didn't want out. I wanted to continue my pretty decent life. The one that was working for me before, but would no longer work for me if I stayed up there in that cloud, touching the divine with the vibration that was so fast I could hardly contain it in my body. Here's what I learned from that. Don't fucking do that, man. Don't fucking do that because all you're doing is buying yourself trouble. You will leave those people anyway, or you will self-destruct. Or actually, in my case, I didn't leave those people. They left me in a rather violent fashion, abrupt and violent when I started to raise my vibration again. When I started to say, okay, I can't stay down here. This is too destructive for me. I'm making choices that suck for me, that are harming my health, that are not working. Like what I was doing stopped working because it no longer resonated with my vibration. My business stopped working. My clients stopped working. I came to an understanding that working individually with people and this energy exchange was making me physically sick. I came to understand that my relationships were me spending a whole lot of energy with people who honestly, they can't reciprocate. I was really angry and felt really betrayed that there was not reciprocity, but I have come to an understanding that reciprocity was never on the table because they don't make what I make. There's none of this energy to return to me because they don't make it. And friends, I had to take a real hard look at what my intention was or is for being on this planet. That is when my question, what the fuck am I doing here? What is the point of this? And I resisted and I resisted and I resisted and I resisted until finally, as I started to lose those people that I had clung to 
suddenly I had energy that I had previously been giving away. Suddenly, I didn't need to sleep all day. Suddenly, I could hear my own soul's voice. Suddenly, I started to reconstruct my vision for my life. Suddenly, I had this creativity, which allows me to work and to reframe what I want to do in a way that's healthier for me, in a way that is guided by my own internal compass, instead of guided by other people's expectations of me. Suddenly, I got some boundaries. And suddenly, my eyes were opened to the shitty way some people in my life were talking to me, treating me, behaving toward me. Because Suddenly, I declared that I was no longer going to lie to myself and project good on these people or anyone, which is my habit, right? Because I'm communicating soul to soul and souls are fundamentally good. But that means I'm not opening my eyes to behavior on this planet, personalities on this planet. Real disrespect, honestly. Real sabotaging. Real mean behavior. I'm not seeing that because I'm only seeing souls. And when I agreed to see their human behavior, boom. Now I got to set some boundaries. Now I got to do what I'm really afraid of. Now I got to withhold energy for myself. And of course, when you set boundaries with people who are very used to the old way of doing things, They resist. The actual violence of their reactions and how quickly it happened was devastating, shocking, painful. And at the same time, I felt this incredible release. And as I started claiming my own energy back, I no longer felt sick. I could go back to my practices when I was growing my spiritual practices and raising my vibration. I could go back and begin to exercise again and eat properly. My God, when I lost these relationships, I instantly lost 10 pounds within a month. Because here's the thing, I wasn't carrying my weight. I wasn't carrying my exhaustion. I wasn't carrying my depression and anxiety. I had this confusion that I could carry it for other people to quote unquote help the helpless. And it's not my job. I have come to a clarity about what my purpose is. And my purpose is not about other people. You should listen to um, earlier in this uh, podcast. I read the book Soul versus Ego Smackdown. 
You can read the book and buy the book, but you can also listen. I think it's four sections to help you listen to your own soul's voice. And I channeled that thing so fast, but there was so much wisdom left in it for me. There was so much wisdom. It's like my soul wrote the book so that three years down the road, I guess five years down the road, I could read it again and learn, just revisit that. And there has been a lot of revisiting in my um, initiation process. A lot of revisiting. Um, one thing that I revisited and that changed how I think about myself and my work is The Joy Diet by Martha Beck. I kept talking about this book, The Joy Diet, The Joy Diet, The Joy Diet. And I received this for my birthday from the friend I had been recommending The Joy Diet to. And in the book, one of the chapters is about your purpose. And Martha Beck says, Think back to what you were doing on 9-11. What was your response? Because that will point you toward your true career, she calls it, which would be your purpose on this planet, what you're going to do in terms of your work in the world, how you're going to contribute to the expansion of consciousness. Now, I was eight months pregnant. I got off the subway. The person coming down said the World Trade Center's on fire, and I instantly knew it was terrorism. It just came to me instantly in a flash. I had been under the World Trade Center in the subway when the first tower was hit. I was one subway stop away, so I was far enough away that I wasn't in immediate danger, but close enough that I could see. And the first thing I did, the instinct that I had was to walk into a drugstore and buy a disposable camera. No delay. Instantly, I saw it. I knew it was going to be a really, really important moment. I knew it was going to be terrorism. I walked in there. I bought that disposable camera. I walked right out of there. I turned around in the middle of the street and I snapped. And it was the exact instant that the second plane hit the second tower. My mind could not compute this. Could not compute this. Like I just could not... I just couldn't like, I mean, the people around me were saying, oh, that was another plane. And I thought that can't be right. And there were things coming out of the building and they were people. And I just, I could not compute it, but I did compute that this needed to be reported on. And I was a journalist and my first instinct was to take that whole roll of film and shoot the crowd and their reactions. I have this picture of everyone in the crowd in the middle of the street, putting their hands over their mouth. That was the second photo I took. I took a photo of the plane hitting. I turned around. I took a photo of the shock on the faces of the crowd. I think that had 24 photos on the roll roll. The next thing I did was get a chocolate donut from the stand. I always got a chocolate donut on. That's true. The third thing I did was walk 
to the nearest photo development business. Some people won't remember that those existed, but they did. I had shot film and I needed to develop that film. I went to the photo development place. I got that film to develop. And while I waited for the guy to develop the film, I borrowed his landline to call my mom and tell her I was safe. As soon as I got back to my office, which I actually worried that I was late, but as soon as I got back to the office with this, with these photographs that I had captured, I started calling the media outlets I had previously worked for and worked with. I walked down to the Associated Press building to see if they wanted or needed those photos. I spent the next three weeks reporting on people who had been in the building and escaped, first responders, people who were related to people who died. I called and called and called and wrote and wrote and wrote until I had my baby. My true career is to report. That is what I did that day. I reported. I was eight months pregnant and I walked around that city reporting on this thing, this event that I knew was going to change everything. I had this very clear understanding that this moment was going to be a pivotal moment in the world. And I reported. And everything else I have done in my career has had an element of reporting, of writing, of expression. Now, I am taking that to this podcast first. I am bringing that to this podcast. I am going to be reporting on things that are important to us. I'm going to draw the parallel lines between our consciousness spiritually, but also our collective consciousness in society, psychology, politics, like serious things are happening. Science is happening. Culture is happening. Collective consciousness is happening. And it's motivating us individually. And I have this particular way of seeing the connections that others don't see. Again, I hadn't had clarity that this is something other people don't do. And again, this is a result of this energy that I create. And this energy can take many forms. One of them is expression through writing, through podcasting, through communicating. Other expressions are individual with people, but I can take all of these parallels of things that are seemingly unconnected and make them connected to the point where you can see what you're doing in your own life and how you want that to go. So I've discovered that I have these gifts that are special, that are different, that are peculiar to me. 
and everyone on the planet doesn't have them. So I don't really know what this means for my friendships, but as far as my business goes, I am finding a way to offer these gifts and this energy that will not drain me dry and that will have an honest exchange of energy. Because me feeding everyone this gift and not even receiving enough financial reward to sustain myself and my family, let alone sustain my ability to give this gift is a fucked up way of doing it, right? The business model of the free valuable offer has fucked creators. The internet revolution has released, <laughs> has reduced the market value of reporting from $2,000 for a 1,000 word story to $87 for a 4,000 word story. Like that is not an equitable exchange of energy. It's not an honest exchange of energy. The podcast, of course, will be free. But the way that I deliver this other energy I make will cost a nominal fee as an honest reciprocal exchange of energy. I am creating content that's very personal on a spiritual level, very vulnerable, very raw, very personal. And in the last couple of years, I've noticed that when you share things like this or you share an opinion that might be a little bit controversial, Facebook is sending people you don't know to your comment section to stir up shit so that they can use that for engagement. Google's doing the same thing. Engagement is down, so they're stirring up shit to increase engagement. They're also running ads that are fake news without any virtue or integrity at all. There's no moral boundaries for these people. Facebook has literally caused a civil war by allowing hate speech between two factions of a country. Facebook has caused a civil war. Facebook ran ads for Russia during our elections with fake news so that they could impact and affect and fuck with our elections. Dude, I have put some opinions out there that are like not a big deal. And suddenly these vicious people have come in and just and I'm like, who the fuck are you? Where are you coming from? Why are you here? It's because Facebook sent them notifications about my post to stir up shit. I have been online for Ainsley's 18, so 14 years. No, Zach's 13. So 13 years. I started right after he was born. For 13 years, I have been writing online. And I've learned some things as we've evolved this. And what I have learned is that I don't need haters or mean girls. I don't need controversy to come my way if I share something that I want to share with my people who choose to follow my work, who choose to partake in my ideas, who resonate with this energy that I'm creating and delivering, that does not need to be for public consumption. 
I've been behind the scenes creating content and series and videos about very personal experiences in my life. Because I want to go deeper into some of these things and deliver that vulnerable energy because it's it's so energetic, powerfully, and it's raw and it can help people. And I want to go deeper into it, into the reporting of it, into the sharing so that other people can say, oh my gosh, that happened to me. I'm so glad that I am not alone. I thought I was alone. There's so much value in that. I want to create a space where people can share their own vulnerable things in a safe space that is not going to be intruded upon by haters and liars and marketers and assholes. I want to create a safe space for me to share and for my followers to share. I want to feel free and liberated enough that I don't have to censor what I want to say and what I want to experience for the masses, right? Because I have censored myself a great deal, an enormous amount, because I was putting things out for public consumption. I want a level of privacy that allows me to be open and not censor myself to the people who choose to be there. Also, some of these things are not applicable to everyone. For instance, I have this long series about trauma and the effects of trauma and the things that I have tried and done to heal from trauma and the questions I have faced to heal from trauma and how that affects my life and new medications that I am trying that are extremely beneficial for me dealing with trauma. Do I want to share about my medical history in public consumption? No. Do I want to share the details of how trauma has affected my life and the way that I do relationships and the way that I have been, uh, you know, operating in ways that might not be completely functional and healthy? No, I do not. I don't want to share it with the masses and I don't want to share it with assholes who know me that I am no longer having intimate relationships with or the people who have committed violence against me and have a motive to shut me the fuck up. And I want to go deeper into this. For instance, you know, I've got about five to six hours about trauma. Very helpful, very intense, very honest, very deep, very sociological and psychological researched. And I don't think that my podcast is appropriate for that place to share because that would suck up six shows. Right. So it would be six shows about trauma. Trauma doesn't apply to everyone. It's not going to interest everyone. I mean, not that everyone will be interested in everything I'm talking about, but I don't want to devote that much, a month and a half, two months to one specific topic that is meant for a more narrow environment with more privacy. 
So I am moving a great deal of my content to a Patreon page. Now here's what I love about Patreon. If you don't know what it is, no problem. I just learned about it last year. Um, actually, I learned about it watching some YouTubers who were moving their content, their additional content to Patreon. Here's what I love about it. And here's how I attracted it. I have said for years that I need patrons of the arts. See, now a patron has been someone who valued art, who valued creativity, who valued uh, an artist or a writer And they gave that person money so that they could continue their work, right? So advocacy is a kind of patron, right? You feel strongly, um, you know, about anti-sex slavery. So you donate money to the organization who is fighting that. What I do is art and it's energy and it's hard to make and it costs me something to deliver. And people have been benefiting it, benefiting from it for 13 years. I have gotten love notes from people and letters of gratitude and wonderful testimonials from people whom my work has helped. And yet, poverty still chases me. Regardless of how much energy and how much value I put out, poverty still chases me and I have to do other kinds of projects to pay the bills, which produces my ability to deliver what I'm meant to deliver. I am meant to report. And if you're here, you're meant to receive. What I have delivered has value for you specifically. If you have stumbled upon this podcast and clicked the button, the link. Patreon is a way that people who are receiving value from me can basically donate a nominal fee. Like we're talking $20 fee a month, right? $20 subscription fee a month for everything I'm producing, everything I have produced. So this includes all of the amazing courses that have been super helpful that will be a foundation for any kind of manifesting you're doing that will get you to the true heart center of your purpose, your career, plus information about the new law of attraction, the next level manifesting, which is so much easier, more efficient, and more effective that I'm not going to share publicly because people literally steal my work, slap their name on it, and start marketing it all over the place. I have made comments or posts in a private business group. And the next day, that comment has appeared in a newsletter as if the coach of that newsletter came up with it themselves. I have had a woman rename her entire coaching practice, a name with one word different than mine, I put out a video with the exact same hair and the exact same shirt. And that, sh- that fucking shirt was a onesie, bitch. <laughs> it's not like everybody was wearing it. It was a very unique item of clothing. She did that a week after I did my publicity. So no, I'm not sharing everything that I create publicly online. This will be a safe space where I trust you 
and you trust me. I have dozens of meditations, courses, coaching calls, videos, classes on everything from how you attract a relationship that you want to how you can manage time so that you can actually live your soul's purpose to soul meditation so that you could hear your own soul. And I'm going to give you access to that because I hate that this stuff is just sitting there. And I don't want to do the marketing launch push for every single thing that I make. I went through a period where I created six books in four years and had to do a launch for all of them. That's so much energy that I could be spending making more stuff and contributing more to the collective consciousness of people who tune in and resonate with what I'm doing. It sucks a person's energy up. It's not something I enjoy. Patreon allows me to give my content, everything I make to the people who have opted in. And it is an opt-in. It's a very clear choice. It's a yes or a no choice, which is great because I'm not generating a crap ton of content and putting it out to the masses in a newsletter or a blog or a social media post, using my energy to market it. Like that's such an energy suck and it's not what I'm here to do. What I'm here to do is to report and to create and to, yes, help people as a byproduct of what I create, but not as the sole purpose. That intention has completely changed for me because it was a terribly unhealthy way of living life. And it's not what I was here to do. So this is not individual coaching. However, there are ways for us to communicate in this forum where I will be giving people who have opted in for that $20 a month personal attention. This personal attention is extremely valuable because like I said, this energy that I make can change your life in one conversation. If you're going through some shit, some trauma, working through something, confused about something, I can help you figure that out. Not with one-on-one coaching, but through interaction on Patreon where you can express yourself and I can express myself. And if I say something that resonates with you or that you're confused about, you can leave a comment and I can respond to you personally without that being harmful to me, right? So the individual one-on-one ended up being harmful to me because I would take on other people's stuff and it would be detrimental to me. For instance, I had not smoked in five years, but I had a client who was really struggling with it. And then suddenly I was struggling with smoking and I actually picked it up again. I had not had a cigarette craving in five years. So that becomes damaging for me. And I understand that not everyone picks stuff up like that, but I do because I have this spiritual gift and I'm communicating soul to soul and I can see the struggle and somehow my body picks it up. My soul picks it up in some twisted version of I'm helping this person. I understand how it feels completely because I'm feeling it and therefore can help them better. And it's fucked up for me. It's fucked up for them too. But I don't have to do that if we're in a group setting. 
And I can leave you a supportive comment or a piece of advice or a mantra that you might be able to connect to or a resource, maybe a book or another podcast, or I'm great at recommending. Oh my God, I'm so good at recommending. This is how I'm going to be delivering the bulk of my content. I will be delivering, um, oh my gosh, I'll be, I have some ideas about what I want to deliver. I'll just go over a couple of those. I know we're going over an hour, but I have things to say. So if you tuned in, maybe you stuck around, maybe you didn't. So I have some things to say about our shitty economy where the stock market is just fake money and uh, unemployment is just fake jobs and wages are unlivable and non-existent and we're going to come to a crash. Like it's inevitable. So I have some things that I would like to do there and I probably want to expand on that. So how can you set it up to where inflation and a crash doesn't crash your life? How can you protect yourself? I have some things to say about student loan debt. My daughter's going to college um, and the amount of debt that they are encouraging her to take is so fucked in the head that it will ruin her life forever. Forever. I have information about narcissism. I'll be doing a one hour show, but this is not enough time, right? A one hour show is not enough time to confront this, this thing that is sweeping our world seemingly, right? So I want to dive into this in a way that explains what narcissism is and what it's not, how we got here based on collective consciousness and the systematic way in which we have made narcissists how to get the fuck away from a narcissist and not fall for another one. And most important, how not to raise a narcissist. Yeah, I'm talking about your sons, friends. How not to raise a narcissist. Because, dude, these men are actually grown the fuck up. We're not changing 45-year-old men, 30-year-old men, not even millennials. We're not changing these fuckers. We can resist them. We cannot participate, but we're not changing adult ass men who have developed narcissism as a result of the world that they have been told they are kings of. But our sons, that's where we can make the biggest impact. That's where we can change the system, the psychology, the collective consciousness. That's where we can protect our daughters from narcissists and how to handle them so that they don't get sucked up in it. And again, I don't want to spend four weeks of my one hour podcast going over this deep dive of narcissism. And again, because I will be sharing personal private information and I will be encouraging my listeners and participants, my Patreons, my patrons, I will be encouraging them and providing a safe space for them to also do that. Now, I have a very clear understanding that 
has been given to me intuitively and also based on market trends um, and our collective consciousness that I pick up on. We are going to be moving to more small, private, personal spaces, spaces where we can react, we can interact with each other on a more personal level, right? Where I can say something and know that I trust you. And you can say something and know that you trust me. And we are not inundated with ads, shitty ads. Oh my God, you have no idea how much effort goes into targeting you. And no one is immune. Like zero people are immune because they are so fucking good at it. A safe space where we are not inundated by very dysfunctional, crappy, tampering with our brain ads. And friends, I miss you. I used to really enjoy Facebook because I would see the posts from people that I know and care about. Well, Facebook has changed its algorithm where I will log on and I won't see anything from people I know and care about. Now, I Facebook went through this weird thing where they started showing my uh, profile to thousands of people and at one point last year, I was getting a hundred friend requests a day. I didn't know like, who are these people? Maybe some kind of, um, you know, podcast that I did on year of yes radio or some kind of article or somehow these people found me, right? I didn't quite understand until I asked a whole bunch of these people how they found me and who they were. Well, eventually within a couple of months, I had almost 5,000 people. That's where you have to cut it off. They don't allow you to have more than 5,000 people. And I had been told over and over and over and over and over that the more Facebook friends and the more followers you have on your social media and the bigger your list, the better your business is going to grow and the more you know credibility you have. So I friended these people. I accepted their friend requests. Well, that fucked up my Facebook so bad because I no longer know anyone who's showing up in my feed. I don't know how Facebook is deciding who shows up in my feed, but it's not the right people. I miss you. And I'm not posting nearly as much because my trust in Facebook is way down. And also no one else is seeing my feed. I've got, I've got, uh, I don't know, almost 5,000 people, maybe more on my business page and I will make a post and it tells me in the uh like in the dashboard it tells me how many people saw my post out of like 4000 people they'll show my post to 27 people I can pay for an ad and they'll show my post to you know 100 people like that is not serving anything in my life I miss you. I want to connect with you. I want a more intimate experience, which Facebook used to serve that need. And we know that that social media is producing more anxiety, more disconnection, less social interaction, which produces depression, which produces more anxiety. We're having a serious social crisis. We need human interaction, but not all human interaction. We need sacred personal, intimate, positive, supportive human interaction. And we don't need that from thousands and thousands of people. We need it from a smaller group, a group that can really exchange 
real energy, true energy, loving energy, supportive energy. So that is a major reason that I would like to have people join the Patreon page because we need this social interaction. We need it. I mean, I could start a meetup group in person, but honestly, I only have a reach of a very small number of people in my town of 180,000 people, 180,000 people, you know, so then I have a social life, a group of 10. I've done that plenty of times. So I want it to be broader. I want more different kinds of people. Now, I can promise you this. This will not be boring. You will not lack content. If anything, there will be too much content for you to sift through. We will be creating this together. Meaning I don't have a specific way this has to go. So you are welcome to and invited to and encouraged to give me feedback about what you are interested in talking about. You're allowed to start a conversation here. We will be supportive, exchanging information about our businesses, becoming a networking group, sharing our knowledge, sharing our experiences, sharing our personal lives, sharing what we're going through. We can glean so much information if we create a mastermind that is a safe environment. And we know we need it. And $20 a month is, I mean, come on. Like, I know some of you have been paying $12,000 for group coaching programs. That's just absurd. $20 a month is a fair exchange. I may in the future decide that there's an upsell or, you know, maybe there's tiers. A lot of uh, Patreon people, owners, um, run different tiers that range in price and have different values. And maybe they include quarterly coaching calls and maybe they include tangible gifts. And I probably will do that at some point, but let's start simple. Let's keep it simple. Let's keep it at $20 and see what people are interested in and how this evolves and what we can create together. And we'll give that a few months. And if it turns out that we have people who are more interested in, um, you know, some coaching calls or some getting gifts in the mail, which actually I kind of love. Uh, and I know you do too. I mean, gifts that don't come from Amazon, of course, like, you know, personal gifts, personal letters. So my invitation to you is to visit tracysue.com slash Patreon, T-R-A-C-E-E-S-I-O-U-X slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon. So you can also visit patreon.com slash Tracy Sue. You can also come to my um, podcast page, right? TracySue.com slash podcast. Uh, you could message me on Facebook and I can just drop you a link. Um, there are lots of ways to find me. If you want to find me, I can be found. So I've got a ton of content that I am excited to release. I've got so many ideas for this podcast. I've got more ideas than 
I, I mean, I'm just getting flooded with things that want to be expressed from the universe. And that's really how I feel about this energy and this information that comes through me. Their ideas and their information that want to be expressed. And I am simply the chosen channel. I'm the chosen channel based on a shit ton of research and reading and drawing those lines so that we can make sense of our world. So it's not like there's no effort on my part, but these are ideas that want to be born and they want to be shared and they want to be shared with you or you wouldn't be here. I thank you so much for listening and I hope you come back. You can find all kinds of cool stuff on the podcast page and I'll leave a link for um, the joy diet. I have found it very helpful. I'll leave a link for soul versus ego smackdown. You can also go back into the podcast and you'll see, I think four episodes that are me reading soul versus ego smackdown. If you'd like to listen instead of read, um, yeah, I'll leave a bunch of stuff that hopefully you will find of value. And I am so excited to see what we can create. I have my feet on the ground and I'm ready to roll this year. I am ready to, you know, strike out. Oh, and if you sign up for Patreon and you do it fairly quickly, I haven't decided on what date, I will send you a video about how to do the new next level manifesting. The easier way, the better way, the more reliable way. And you can have what you really want. So I'll send you a video about that. I hope that's an enticement because no one else is saying it. And I'm not sure. Most people I don't think have discovered it. So join me. I love you. I appreciate you. And I will talk soon.